Hey, everybody. It's Anna Charlie Kirk Show. My two co-hosts, Blake and Andrew, uh, helped me through this episode. I'm still recovering from the Senator Lankford virus. That's right. He might have poisoned me. I'm half kidding. You know, as soon as I read that border bill, I came down. It's something, something's made in a lab. I've never felt like this. It's very weird. But hey, we're back in the chair. And thank you guys for always supporting us. If you want to support the show, it's members.charliekirk.com. That's members.charliekirk.com. As always, you can email us freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast application and type in Charlie Kirk Show uh, and get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. I am here today, still a little under the weather. Blake is co-piloting along with Andrew to help me through all this. And you just gotta, you just gotta fight through it. Sometimes you don't feel a hundred percent, but you gotta go there. By the way, I know some of you are emailing us about the Matt Gates conference, uh, press conference. We're gonna try to cut to that. So, Blake, haven't been feeling well. What's been going on the last couple of days? Catch me up to speed. Well, luckily, it was all building up. So we spent weeks, months, even. We ha- heard these rumors. James Langford is working on some sort of immigration deal. Okay, that raises an eyebrow. Then the details start coming out, what they're going to give, what they're going to get for it. So they, you know, the Democrats get $60 billion for Ukraine, and re- in return, we get, well, it wasn't really clear, but they said, you have to wait. These are all rumors. You have to wait for the final bill. Don't, don't believe all of this fear-mongering. Oh, but Blake, Blake, don't forget the line. The, 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 a lie will get around the world twice before the truth has a chance to put on its pants. I believe that was Langford's. Well, the truth uh, put so on we were, its pants, and what the pants yeah. were was 50,000 new legal immigrant visas a year, and any challenge has to go through the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and also the Secretary of Homeland Security, who we're currently impeaching, can just ignore the law whenever he wants, you know, if he thinks it's a good idea. And so those were the pants that it had to put on. And then it came out and apparently McConnell and Langford were just caught totally off guard that people people didn't like this. So so, Blake, was it worse, the same or better than what we expected? I think you have to say worse because there was nothing positive that they were keeping hidden from us that managed to not leak out. Mm -hmm. But there were things we hadn't heard. I hadn't heard about the D.C. Circuit Court thing until the bill dropped. Uh, I'm not sure Blake, that we'd heard about that? 50,000 new visas. Like, explain that again, though, the D.C. Circuit thing, because that's key. Sure, yeah. sure. So we've had all these court challenges to the Biden immigration policies, like when they were trying to scuttle remain in Mexico, uh, some of their other stuff. There will be legal challenges in federal court. And we've had a good number of rulings that are in our favor come out of the Fifth Circuit, for example. I think some other jurisdictions. And those have at least slowed down what the Biden administration was attempting to do. 
So, you know, the Supreme Court the other day did strike down something we or at least they removed an injunction on the barbed wire thing, Mm -hmm. for example. That's coming up from the federal courts. So what the bill was requiring or would require is any challenges to any provisions in this massive sweeping immigration overhaul bill have to be heard in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, under its original jurisdiction. So it's saying you can't sue for this law anywhere else. It has to be in this one court, which is one of the more liberal appeals courts. Well, and Blake, to, to, if you're going to bring up the D.C. Circuit, I mean, the D.C. Circuit's in the news again today because it, it basically just struck down uh, President Trump's uh, appeal for presidential immunity, right? Now, they're going to appeal it. It's going to go to the Supreme Court, but that's just one other proof point about the way the D.C. Circuit operates. Exactly, exactly. And it doesn't override the Supreme Court. So if the Supreme Court's on your side, that can still be good, but the Supreme Court doesn't even hear remotely close to every case that is brought before it. They have to be selective, and that slows everything down. So it often matters a great deal who is controlling things at the lower mm-hmm. level, if only for the status quo. If a case takes two years, that's half a presidential administration. So it matters a lot whether that lower court's ruling is favorable to the administration or hostile to the administration. That could be a million people one way or the other. So we, we do have, I, I want to keep on the border bill thing. Uh, if we have it, Ryan, let's just throw to it just for a little taste. Uh, this is Matt Gates introducing a resolution saying President Trump didn't engage in insurrection. Now, this is not going to go anywhere legislatively, but it's interesting to see how the House Republican Conference has changed on the entire January 6th question and the insurrection question. Let's just get a little taste here and then we'll be right, we'll be right back. Let's play this really quick. We had and we watched cities burn across this country in the name of peaceful protest. Yet President Trump and his supporters were vilified for doing nothing more than exercising their First Amendment rights. You know, the American people know there's a two-tiered justice system in this country, but I would factually, I will tell you, there's a triple threat. We have weaponization of the Department of Justice under the Biden administration. And they absolutely work in collaboration with Democratic secretaries of states. And then they work with far left judicial activist judges. And together they have launched a coordinated attack on our elections to silence the voice of millions of Americans. But their calculated distortion of the truth is aimed to deny Biden's chief political opposition an appearance on a 2024 ballot and interfere with the presidential election. You know, this is not partisan politics, folks. It's aimed. This country is divided, and the people know it. And you know why? Because they get half-truths or no truth at all. And I've watched the faces of some of you reporters, and you smirk. But that's exactly what's happened. They get half-truths or no truths at all. Put it all out there. Let the American people make their own judgment. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. We have to stand strong against this evil. There's a verse of scripture, Ephesians 6, 12, and it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark world. And we wrestle against spiritual wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. So my message to the American people is simple. Armor up. And get ready for the spiritual battle ahead because it's going to be a battle. Mm-hmm. And with that, yeah. Well, come on up, Marjorie. It's your turn. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. 
Not one single person has been charged with insurrection. Not one single person has been convicted with insurrection. Not one. In every single court of our land, no one's been charged and convicted with insurrection. Yet Democrats and dishonest people in the media every single day accuse President Trump of waging an insurrection and accuse many of us of waging an insurrection, and you're doing nothing but lying and selling the lies of the Democrats all for campaigns and elections. Shame on every single person that has done that. Shame on you. You need to tell the truth. You have the freedom of press, one of the greatest rights in this entire world. And anyone that puts the word insurrectionist, calls President Trump an insurrectionist, and calls any of us an insurrectionist is a liar, and you do not deserve the power that you possess. Shame on you. Shame on you. Let me give you guys a little history lesson, okay? When President Trump was inaugurated, Antifa and leftist rioters nearly burned down Washington, D.C., Did you call it an insurrection? No. BLM raised millions of dollars on the Act Blue Democrat fundraising website and then proceeded to cause $2 billion in damages across American cities and communities all in 2020, every day. Not one day for three hours. Every damn day. Did you call it an insurrection? They attacked police officers, federal courthouses, tore down statues, burned 93 police vehicles. Did you in the media call it an insurrection? No, you did not. You called it mostly peaceful. And you lied to the American people and the American people don't trust you anymore because of that. And then the American people who pay for elections with their tax dollars actually own the elections and have have the right, the right to care about their elections, election integrity, and the results of their elections when they came to Washington and protested. How do you feel? Well, I feel great. And one of the reasons I feel better is because I take Balance of Nature's fruit and veggies in a capsule. They have an amazing story of how this product was developed by Dr. Douglas Howard. It's right there on their website. Balance of Nature receives over a thousand success stories every single month. They've had hundreds of thousands of customers who've purchased billions of capsules of fruits and veggies over the past 20 years, and you should check it all out on their website. Their products are gluten-free and non-GMO, and they contain no added sugars or synthetics. I think if you're looking for something to make you feel better naturally, you should definitely give Balance of Nature a try. In fact, order it today. Whether you order online or call them direct, you must use the promo code CHARLIE to get the special offer of 35% off. Call them at 800-246-8751 or use discount code CHARLIE. Order online at balanceofnature.com, discount code CHARLIE, to get 35% off. So please check it out right now. That is balanceofnature.com, 800-246-8751, promo code CHARLIE. Check it out. I want to talk about the, so the border deal is dead before it's even alive. It might be. It might be. This is the Politico headline this morning. Uh, actually, I think it was last night it came out. Senate's border deal, deal teeters on brink of collapse. And, and, and Lankford is not even sure if he's going to vote for his own bill. It, so it's they're kind, it's legalistic stuff. It's about cloture. That's you know the thing where 60, they need 60 right. votes to end debate. And so he's saying, you know, I might vote against cloture because we need to keep talking about this bill. 
that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's not he's not exactly defending it with great gusto. Exactly. So what I find interesting is Senator McConnell came out and he said that the tone in the country has changed. Andrew, what do you, what do you make of that? I think our show and Bannon's show are so, and the social media footprint are somewhere to credit for this. And this is what I try to tell, you know, more moderate donors and senators when they try to tell me, hey, we need mass amnesty. I said, I don't think you guys really know the room that you're trying to sell something to. Andrew, this seemed to be, and I know we have Senator Lee coming up. This seemed to be a like 48 hour tsunami wake up call for Senate Republicans. Yeah, I think it was longer than that. I mean, this that the the Fox graphic that was leaked it was Rosemary based on Jenks. leaked information. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Rosemary Jenks, who we had on the show. I mean, that was what two, three weeks ago now. That I mean, we came out of the gate strong. I mean, you your your tweet uh, definitely raised some eyeballs, saying, "Hey, if this is true, we're gonna we're gonna primary you. You're a fraud." Um, and you know, I other voices like. Molly Hemingway have come on, you know, and said, you should basically Langford, you should step down, let Governor Stitt replace you with somebody that represents the state of Oklahoma better. So I think this has not only been a 48 hour tsunami, I think it's been a couple of weeks. And we heard uh, Punchbowl News reported a couple of weeks back as well that McConnell was starting to change his tone on this border deal. Uh, it, I, You know, he's sort of a deliberating character by, you know, historically. So I would venture to guess what happens is he saw that Trump was dominating in Ohio, dominating in New Hampshire. He's going to win South Carolina. He's the presumptive nominee for all intents and purposes. And he understands that the party's going to go where Trump's going to go. But he also had this border deal already in process that was getting negotiated. So he's like, hey, let's see this through. Let's see if the mood changes. But if it doesn't, I don't want to undermine Trump. I don't want that fight. And, you know, Trump's no fan of McConnell. That's that's not a that's not a secret. But he was kind of seeing both both paths through to see which one was going to lead him to a promising political outcome. You know, and it's very apparent because of the uproar. Uh, and, it, and it came in almost immediately. There was basically there's two voices on the right currently that seem to be supporting this. It's Brandon Judd. Uh, the Customs and Border Patrol Union, who's saying that this is a step in the right direction. There's like Dan Crenshaw, basically, who's is showing a willingness uh, to engage this bill. I haven't seen anybody mm-hmm. else come out uh, in support of it. And I would say and I'm not saying that Crenshaw is fully supporting. He's just sort of taking a hey, let's let's read the bill and, and process this. Now, what I'm interested with Mike Lee, Charlie, and I think you're going to ask him this is Brandon Judd's making the claim that this does not hamstring President Trump if he were to be elected so that President Trump's executive authority to shut the border down would not be inhibited by this bill. I think that's a central question that we need to uncover. But yeah, I mean, the political winds have certainly changed. McConnell, you would you would agree, Charlie, he is a very, very yeah. savvy behind the scenes well, operator. So based, the guy's savvy. based on sources that I have within the Senate, uh, McConnell is now he heard and saw the backlash, or at least his staff did. It was so overwhelming. And it wasn't just us, but it was all this even smart, cool kids, you know, on television, op-eds, you know, even center-right voices. It was unanimously against that, except for Brandon Judd and for Dan Crenshaw, off the top of my head. McConnell, he's thinking, how can I get money to Ukraine? How can I get money to Ukraine? And he's worried that this is going to really blow up. 
So don't be surprised if Senate Republicans volley back a much more aggressive border bill that will just die and say that it was the Democrats' fault. That Well, it was H.R. 2. That's the counter, right? Yeah. They passed H.R. 2, and so they might try and re the Senate, that. Or- Senate Republicans, the problem is that they don't control the legislative docket in the Senate, so Schumer would have to take something up. So it just have to be a, it have to be the text of a bill that the Senate Republicans resurrect. Do you get do you think we maybe get some sort of game of chicken with Ukraine? Because there's reports. New York Times had a report on Ukraine where it's it's very negative. They're talking yes. about they won all of the first year. The second year was a draw. And now they're very much on it's the back foot on the defense. Yeah. So they could get what if we get to this phase where they seem to seriously be losing and this takes over the border debate in a kind of strange way. The the way that the Ukraine issue has changed is directly tied to the border topic as well. Hey there, have you taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything seems fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding a mess of broken wires and parts. The parts are loans for homes, cars, and those credit cards that we all use, and they're hitting record highs. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny 5% return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. They're like a friend who knows all about keeping your money safe. They suggest gold and silver, oldies but goodies in the finance world. Plus, they've got a sweet deal, a free one-fourth of an ounce gold standard gold coin this month. If you qualify, it's pretty cool, right? If you're curious, just give them a call at 877-646-5347. It's just the chat, no pressure. They'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Or visit noblegoldinvestments.com or take the first step towards a safer financial future. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. Noblegoldinvestments.com will help you find out if gold and silver are the right next step for you. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is Senator Mike Lee. Senator, you have been very outspoken on Twitter and social media about this bill. It was negotiated in secret, and it was worse than even advertised. Senator Lee, your response, and also, is this bill dead? It's just mostly dead. It's not completely dead, but it's mostly dead. I I think it's um, likely to not uh, pass on the cloture vote. A cloture vote uh, brings debate to a close on something. The first cloture vote we would have this week, if we were to turn to it, would be what's called cloture on the motion to proceed. It's It's bringing an end to debate on a different motion, deciding whether to begin debate. And so as a result of that, it takes 60 votes as a cloture vote, and I don't think they will get to 60. And the reason I don't think they will get to 60 is I think Republicans are turning on it left and right. They realize that it doesn't do what it promised to do. And as a result, it has become wildly unpopular with our voting base. This is the predictable, foreseeable, and inexorable result of having negotiated something behind closed doors with, you know, one or two people handing the negotiation on behalf of 49 and then not keeping those 49 updated and apprised uh, with, uh, with details and even with details, including legislative text for like three or four months. When that happens, uh, the ideas of the negotiator grow distant from those uh, uh, in the larger group. And that is a recipe for disaster. And that was a disaster that was spelled out very clearly here. Yeah. So, Senator, uh, I, I have to and forgive me. I, I what does mostly dead mean? <laughs> um, it means it is, is very likely that it, to meet pro- its demise. In theory, okay, in good. theory, this bill could still survive. But that is a theoretical notion at this point, a theoretical notion that doesn't appear to have any significant chance of success. Now, in theory, they could decide to 
some point and say, yes, do you know what? We, we didn't do what this should have done. We didn't do what a lot of Senate Republicans, uh, including myself, were saying for a long time. If you're going to try to negotiate in border security to require a border security outcome in this bill and then tie that to Ukraine funding, which I, I, I don't like, but, you know, could theoretically consider if, if it actually did something real on the border, if it actually ended once and for all the border crisis, uh, then it has to actually do that thing. So we we'd suggested from the beginning, if you're going to try this experiment, we're not sure it'll work or if it's a good idea, but if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right, which means you've got to include HR2, or at least its core elements, and you've got to include border security metrics that would tie the release of any Ukraine funding to the achievement of those border security benchmarks uh, that are measurable and objective. In other words, if you could bring down daily migrant encounters uh, to uh, less than 500, for example, and sustain that for a period of time, that's at a level that the Border Patrol says it can handle so that it doesn't have to go releasing people into the country en masse. Uh, that sort of thing might have had some potential. But when it all came down, they, they just ignored those suggestions. And Senator Lankford, unfortunately, was instructed by Leader McConnell not to even bring that up. I, why? I, I cannot fathom to understand. But that essentially guaranteed the result they're now facing, which is the utter demise of the bill. So, Senator, the, the other part of this, there's a leaked sentiment that Senator McConnell said that the tone of the country has changed. I mean, if anyone pays attention, you know that. I mean, as if they had to introduce this garbage bill that took them months to put together to learn that the American people and the American right are not going to put up with mass amnesty and with the capitulation and the destruction of our sovereignty. Can you help me understand that, how they suddenly came to this realization after wasting all of this time and introducing this this garbage bill? I can't provide understanding on that part because it's unintelligible. It is indiscernible. Uh, there, there, I, I don't know of anything that has changed among the American people by way of sentiment about the need for border security. Uh, not, not one thing. I, I don't see anything that has changed. Now, some will try to make it about the fact that, well, okay, um, uh, people have turned on it because conservatives have been sounding the warning bell after they got a few details starting about a month ago uh, without seeing text. Some of us started saying, hey, we're worried about what this, uh, what we're told this is going to include. We were then pushed back on uh, by Senate Republican leadership and told, well, no, no, what they're saying is not true at all. Turns out most of what we were warning about was, in fact, in the bill, and a lot of it was a lot worse than we anticipated. Meanwhile, some of them say some of them are, are mocking us for the fact that we were requiring, we we're demanding that we have two or three weeks at a minimum, to review this thing. We should actually have much longer than that, but we wanted to make sure we didn't get jammed, forced to vote and pass this thing in a matter of days after it's released. Now, yesterday, uh, some of them came out and said, oh, well, the same people clamoring that they needed to see it for two or three weeks before voting on it have already decided that they're voting against it, as if our requests for time were somehow disingenuous. you got to remember, Charlie, it takes time to digest the whole thing. Yes, I've been loud. I was, I've been loud since Sunday night. I got this thing at about, I think it was about 7 p.m. Eastern, and I started tearing through it. And I, as, as I found new provisions that were troubling, I commented on them uh, uh, on my base, Mike Lee, at, uh, account at Twitter, uh, pointing out some legitimate concerns. By the next morning, I'd seen so many of these that I, I was very confident that I could not vote for this. 
That is not the same as saying uh, that does not mean that our request for time was insincere. You see, it takes time to read it thoroughly. I'm still not completely through. I still haven't figured out every Easter egg buried in this with by the Biden White House to facilitate more illegal immigration uh, at the hands of the drug cartels. And it takes even more time to draft amendments and to offer up those amendments and debate those amendments and vote on them. That's what it takes. So it's very disingenuous of them to suggest that we were in any way uh, insincere in our desire, our expressed need for more time. That's the very nature of this whole problem. You don't do this. You don't negotiate for 49 people with one person for four months, refuse to give them details, and then criticize them for saying we need time to read it, and then criticize them for saying this is nothing like what we demanded all along. So included in this is the Ukraine question. Uh, what what will will there now be separate bills? I mean, because the firm, as you call it, Senator, Ukraine funding is at the top of their list as far as priorities. How are they going to get that done? Are they going to do a standalone bill on Ukraine? Are they going to try to loop Ukraine and Israel funding together? Because the, you know, the New York Times and many other uh, stories are coming out that Ukraine is desperate need of resources. America is starving them of resources. McConnell has said that the, what's happening in Ukraine is the most important thing. Uh, I personally think you must fund Israel. We have to get that done 100%. Ukraine, I, I'm not there. What is the, how, how is the firm going to navigate this? Because their plan was to try to put it all together with the supplemental. Yeah, I, I'm with you on both of those points, uh, Charlie. Uh, uh, yes, on Israel. Uh, uh, I'm very reluctant on Ukraine for the reasons that you've identified. And by the way, didn't European Union nations just pony up, I don't know, $54 billion or something along those lines? This is one of the things that happens. This is the magic of the United States stopping, pausing. And saying, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be funding this. Remember, we've given more military aid to Ukraine than any other nation on Earth and every other nation combined, last I checked, at least prior to this more recent announcement by the European Union. It may still be true. I don't know. But when we allow our European allies who are closer to this action, who have given less, when we allow them breathing space, then they can decide that it's worth it to them. As far as where the firm goes from here. By that, in this context, I mean the law firm of Schumer and McConnell. Uh, I suspect that both of the alternatives that you described uh, at first, uh, running Ukraine as an independent standalone and then possibly also running Ukraine and Israel together, I'm sure that's under consideration. Here's my suspicion, my hunch, and my worry, Charlie. I'm afraid that they're going to combine Ukraine and Israel funding and whatever else they want by way of Taiwan-related funding. They're going to put that in an omnibus spending bill. They're going to take our current spending expiration date sometime in early March, extend that out into mid to late April. We'll see an omnibus that includes Ukraine and possibly uh, Israel, if it's not passed as a standalone by then, and then add in FISA 702 reauthorization without meaningful reforms or with only fig leaf reforms and a bunch of other nonsense, they'll put all that in there. That's how the firm operates. And that's the classic example of what the firm did here. Negotiated months behind closed doors in secret, keeping most members and especially the public from seeing it, then unleashing it at the last minute before an artificially imposed deadline contrived by the firm itself, telling members that some catastrophe will befall us 
if we don't pass whatever it is that they wrote, even without having a chance to read, debate, or amend it. And that's the reality. This has to end. The firm will continue to do this as long as the firm gets more powerful every time they do it. And when it works time after time after time, they will continue to do it. That's why I'm encouraged by this incident, because this incident shows them that there are limits to it. This one didn't work. This bill is nearly dead. And uh, I hope they learned their lesson, but I'm not holding my breath. Senator, keep fighting. Uh, Thank you for your moral and uh, political clarity on this. We have your back. And I certainly hope your prediction uh, doesn't come true, that they just make this a massive omnibus that they put in Israel, Ukraine, 702 reauthorization. Uh, that uh, That would be no good. Okay, Senator, thank you so much. Thank you. The globalists are making it very clear that another pandemic could be just around the corner. Uh, They want us to live in fear, to be willing to sacrifice our freedoms. It doesn't have to be this way. You need to be prepared, not scared. That's why you need the wellness company. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. Their medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. I can 100% endorse this company. They are amazing. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics. Uh, on hand to help keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to twc.health slash Charlie. That is twc.health slash Charlie. Enter promo code Charlie for 10% off. The Wellness Company, uh, they are licensed doctors and medical professionals you can trust. Again, that's twc.health slash Charlie, promo code Charlie for 10% off. See site for details. Prescription may be re- required. Blake, who's in Russia? Tucker Carlson is in Russia. Or at least was in Russia as of yesterday. This shouldn't be too big of a shock. It, it is an open secret. He's wanted to interview Putin for quite some time. We wanted to interview Putin when I was at Fox. You know, this goes and back way back. So Andrew, this wasn't a huge surprise, but the media is completely losing losing it over Tucker visiting Russia. Oh, I, 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 Brian will have to tell me what the clip is, but there was this great clip of uh, on CNN yesterday. I mean, it was the best clip I've ever seen. I mean, Aaron Burnett. I mean, you, 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 we hear about Trump derangement syndrome, and this is some like amalgamation of Tucker Putin derangement syndrome. It, it's like, and I think you tweeted something like, you know, CNN is absolutely seething for Tucker uh, daring to do actual journalism. And <clears throat> I mean, you would think get, scoring an interview with Putin in the midst of a war, a major, major yes. political figure on the world stage would be heralded as a good thing. Hear what the guy has to say. Like, make him defend his position. But no, it's it's all about, you know, Tucker is a Putin puppet. Okay, let's play some pieces of tape here. Tucker Carlson is in Russia. So do you think that Tucker will be arrested upon his arrival if he returns? If he returns, I think he'll probably be okay. But they're they're trying to, they're amping everyone no, up. There, there's, a, there's increasing chatter that saying he should be arrested for foreign espionage and for foreign agent stuff. I mean, you know, the typical MSNBC people. Is there anything that they don't want to be illegal that they dislike? I mean, but also think about it. He's going there to talk to the antagonist of this war. Isn't that a good thing to kind of hear what he has to say and to keep the lines of communication open? You know, if it was a war we were actually fighting, I could maybe understand some suspicion about it. But again, we're not in this war. We just do this weird shadow war instead. All right. This is Cut 18. CNN melts down in the thought of Tucker Carlson conducting an interview. Play Cut 18. A massive shakeup in Kyiv coming as Putin is trying to court the MAGA GOP in the United States. In fact, one of the leaders of the MAGA GOP is in Moscow tonight. It's the man you see here with the MAGA leader, Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson. 
Possibly there in Moscow to interview Putin. Definitely there as a Putin supporting celebrity. Now, it is unclear if an interview between Putin and Carlson will take place. But if it does, it gives Putin a chance to sit down with a big supporter. Okay, so lots to unpack here. How should we think about this, Blake? It's just, for, you know, Barbara Walters, I believe, interviewed Fidel Castro. Didn't Chris Wallace interview Putin at some point? I believe Probably, so. There's definitely been Putin interviews in the past. And it, it really shows the amount of, there's like this cloistering of the left, of the regime, or whatever term you want to use. They narrow what they're allowed to even think about as you know more challenges erupt. So they freak out that people go to the border or go to the Darien Gap because yes. it exposes what goes on there. They freak out over anyone interviewing a foreign leader because the list of foreign leaders that they've equated with Hitler keeps getting longer and longer. It turns out 20% of the world is Hitler. Who knew? And they just they can't handle this much like they could you know they couldn't handle twitter being an open space or x as it is now it totally freaks them out that that's a free space for discussion and this is just the thing like what do you have to worry about honestly i would you know as someone you know sympathetic towards tucker and all of that i'd be worried you know what if the interview's bad because there are a lot of serious questions you could ask putin are we going to get all those questions i don't know but instead, so, they're just freaking out <clears throat> at the idea of someone talking to Vladimir Putin. He's a major world leader. Yes. A world leader. We're being asked to spend, what are we at now? $250 billion to to wage a war against him? That's as much as we spent in Afghanistan. Andrew, you have a thought here? Yeah, I just I want to key in on Aaron Burnett's use of MAGA conservative. Who does that sound like? Uh, Joe it sounds Biden. like Joe Biden. Yeah, it's all the it's Joe symmetrical me, me, me messaging is what we're seeing. Yeah. Well, so so what you're seeing really is the pot calling the kettle black. So Aaron Burnett doesn't like that Tucker Carlson is a conservative. But, you know, we don't like that Aaron Burnett is parroting Biden talking points. You know, by Andrew, labeling- true story. So Tucker was just in Canada and they sold that out. And Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, is mad about that. He's demanding that the conservative leader of Canada denounce all of this. And he's calling the people who attended that in Canada MAGA conservatives. He's using that as a slur on Canadian conservatives. It is just yeah. a global but, label. But then that's that's one thing for a politician to do, even a Canadian politician to do. You know, uh, Fidel Castro's son can say whatever he wants uh, in Canada, even if uh, conservatives can't. But for an American journalist to actually parrot MAGA conservative talking points from Joe Biden just shows how in bed they are over at CNN with the regime. And I think that's, I mean, that's, I can just imagine Tucker seeing that clip and just laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's your, it's your favorite part of Tucker's personality, I know. But we, we all love, we all love when Tucker laughs like that because that's exactly what this, this clip deserves. It deserves our scorn. It deserves our mockery and, and it's, but, you know, it's 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 fun to watch. I will say watching CNN lose their utter minds over journalism. Everybody email us freedom at charliekirk.com. It also makes you wonder, did Tucker see Edward Snowden? That's an interesting question. We'll find out. I mean, that would be that would be journalism. Glenn Greenwald won an award uh, for sitting down with Snowden. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.